Chris, you're just drinking cooking wine over there. <laughs> Probably. It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's Superhero Slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's Superhero Slate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And this week, we're going to be looking at some previews, uh, possibly for some Disney Plus shows coming up here. All right. Uh, We're going to talk about that. We're going to uh, also talk more about Sam Raimi doing Doctor Strange. Okay cross fingers and then uh of course if probably what most people are here for the first batman bat suit footage in the wild debuts in a crashed motorcycle as well, we'll talk <laughs> about that later in the wild just like the bat and uh, uh props to you chris uh summarizing our show at the top uh without any notes yeah. usually uh usually you write like a nice little intro for yourself and uh you're looking at a you're looking at a blank cursor right now right after my name so uh, good job that's right just a blinking cursor taunting me saying you can do this <laughs> you can do this and and definitely i can i will tell you this is not the only time i've had to been put on the spot and had to wing it this week mike uh, I want to give a shout to my local uh, CW channel, um, WBKI, uh, invited me on to be on their Fanatic Talk, where they recap uh, the CW shows right before they debuted this week's episodes. Uh, so I got to talk about last week's, or two weeks ago's Flash, and two weeks ago's Legends of Tomorrow, and I will tell you what, they were not, for anyone who's listening for the first time because watching me on the show, I don't watch these normally, and those were two pretty bad episodes to watch. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. I, I have to say, you did a you did a very 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 good job convincing uh, the viewers uh, at home watching these uh, watching these uh, news segments that uh, you knew what you were talking about because, like, I know Chris doesn't watch these shows every week. He just told me he had to watch these for this, so you did a good job uh, faking it till you make it. Yeah, thank you, thank you. It was pretty good. I mean, I think the the Flash one got, like, the most views I've had in a while on that little Facebook page here, so I was I was pretty happy with that, and um, it was a very interesting uh, few two episodes. I think the Flash was about Valentine's Day, and it had um, Katie Sackhoff uh, playing... Uh, what Aminette Black or whatever? I mean, you you watch a lot more Flash than I do. I think, um, maybe not not anymore. But um, she just like chews through that scenery, man. She hams it up all the way through. Like, uh, and all I remember her from was um, what was it Battlestar Galactica, where she was like serious and like she'll fight you and like after drinking a you know a whole <laughs> bottle of bourbon or something she'll fight you. Yeah, and then um, the, the Legends of Tomorrow was I didn't know. There was someone on there who was a uh, fairy godmother. I didn't know those existed in this universe. But apparently <laughs> I did. They do. <laughs> I think. Uh, I think Legends of Tomorrow kind of gets away with riding the line of cancellation, so it just keeps getting renewed. And they're just like, let's just do whatever we want because uh, we just keep somehow uh, getting by. So uh, props yeah. to them. Yeah, they they jumped the proverbial shark man. <laughs> in that show a long time ago a long time ago so that was that was a good time if anybody watched that or if you're, you're coming on from listening I hope you uh, enjoy the show where we talk um, movies and TV news like Mike said at the top uh, of it uh, I see one of your, your topics here in the notes Mike and um, <laughs> I, I be, I'm, I'm a frequent watcher as well of other shows uh, not just the CW shows but every Wednesday I catch um, the uh, Mass Singer and uh-huh. directly after the Mass Singer 
It's Lego Masters. Oh, Lego Masters. Man, I'm so glad you watched it so we can kind of talk about it here a little bit at the top of the show. So this this show uh, is, is combining two of my favorite loves, and I didn't really know it until I watched the first episode, where this is basically like a baking challenge show, kind of like a chopped or like a cutthroat kitchen uh, but instead of baking things, they're building things out of Lego. And Lego uh-huh. is the other thing that I grew up and I love. I'm infatuated with. I have like a whole tub of Legos underneath my bed that I've collected just after like moving out of my parents' house. And I have an equally large, huge tub back at my parents' home that one day these two collections will, will unite and I'll have like this giant mega tub of Legos. So it's just really great. Uh, I mean, Will Arnett is definitely kind of gearing his hosting towards, like, I would say the lowest common denominator of viewer in America. But every once in a while, he'll have, like, a pretty good zinger, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he got this job. I mean, he does – what does he not do? Doesn't he voice the Reese's commercials, too? And then, you know, he was Lego Batman, which I think is what got him into this. Bo Jack Horseman for years and years. Right, that as well. Like, he, and then, you know, again, Arrested Development, which, you know, Netflix – keeps bringing back to life even though it keeps flatlining on the table after every season <laughs> uh but he's, he's 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 fun to watch i mean this is again like you said it's like watching a cooking show or the great british bake-off but they're doing legos i i don't like that the judges can give them suggestions in the middle of the episode because then like they like the judges have an idea of what they want to see and then it ruins if they don't do what they want yeah it, it does seem like since it's a show that kind of hasn't existed yet with like building things it seems like through as they're moving through the production process of the show it seems like they're trying to like find out new things like in the most recent most recent episode like you said there was a moment where halfway through the build the judges kind of came through and gave them like critiques and advice and just for no particular reason ranked uh the top half and the bottom half it didn't affect the competition moving forward at all but i was like okay this just seems like something maybe they're trying it seems kind of weird and out of place but i think the single coolest thing about this show is they give them like literally a whole freaking day to -hmm. build these legos like they're like i was expecting like they would have maybe like three or four hours to build like a lego thing and then like in the second half of the episode they'd build like one more thing and there'd be different challenges they're like no 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 we're giving you 18 hours to build this sculpture and yeah we're paying these camera people to be here for 18 hours so you know i hope you have comfy shoes will probably break so you can like eat something but so i think that's pretty intensive that they're there all day just building one thing which sometimes can be like really really cool and sometimes i'm like oh i just wish they could maybe build another thing too mm-hmm. uh but man it, it's a it's a it's been a really fun show it is uh, also the team who won the golden brick the first uh first thing um uh-huh. spoilers if you haven't watched it they, they the first episode they give someone a golden brick um that one of those guys actually uh, is from louisville and he lives here and i, oh, I have an cool. indirect connection on how to talk to him if i wanted to so <laughs> apparently he's not saying anything until the show's over so um i i, I might i might get more details when it's done that, i mean 16 hours building legos i mean that's a long day that is a long day are they really doing 16 hours or are there like more tv show breaks we don't know about in there mm-hmm. i like i like to know but i mean it lego's been fun to watch i i, I agree with that mm-hmm. um I, I want to I do my last topic before we start, Mike. So tell me what, what, what other things you've been watching this week. 
Well, uh, one recommendation that I'd like to give to our listening audience of this is uh, not me finding a gem in the rough. Uh, People have turned this stone over many, many times. It had a gigantic box office return because this was a Blumhouse movie that really took off a few years ago. And I'm just finally getting around to watching them, which is uh, Happy Death Day and Happy Death Day to You, which is the sequel. They're uh, both streaming right now on HBO. So if you've kind of just revitalized uh, your HBO subscription because you're getting ready for the next season of Westworld or I don't know maybe you just uh, have this HBO subscription that you're too lazy to cancel or you're not watching anything uh, go watch these Happy Death Day movies because they're surprisingly fun and uh innovative, I would say. I don't want to give too much away because I went in relatively blind and even more blind to the sequel and I just had like a fun blast. So I'll just give you basically the knowledge of what I knew about it before you go into it and everyone will have a fun time. It's basically Groundhog Day where somebody is reliving the same day, but instead of them being rebooted after they fall asleep a la Groundhog Day, uh, they're rebooted every time they die, which now that I say it out loud, I think there are a couple scenarios in Groundhog Day where um, he kills himself and he does does wake back up. But she, But the added layer is that there's a serial killer out there trying to kill her, so every time she reboots, she gets to dive deeper into the mystery of who's trying to kill her. And it's a PG thirteen Blumhouse movie, so you're not gonna you're not gonna have to worry about like really gross gore that you might see in like like a Saw movie or something like that. It's all very PG thirteen safe. You're not really seeing people dismembered like you might see in some other like uh, horror slasher stuff. But it's really innovative. I would say it's actually really funny. It's exciting. And the sequel just they they went they went for it they went for it in the sequel and it gets kind of crazy so just uh, leave yourself open for like three hours maybe maybe four and a half or three I don't I don't remember how long they were but yeah go watch Happy That Day one and two on HBO they're great well there you go that that's great and if you're not doing that and maybe you're in Chicago this weekend. Come see me at C2E2. Ooh, Comic Con of the East. Yes, uh, I guess middle middle of it. <laughs> well, east New of York, me. <laughs> New York, New York, probably bigger. Um, but uh, C2E2 is coming up this weekend. I will be headed out Thursday to be there Friday and Saturday on the con floor. I know we have some listeners who will be there. I know some people have messaged me and reach out. Um, I this I know super fan Jim is going to be there. Mike, he's going to be hanging out. I'm very excited to meet everyone and hang out with people. It's, it's always one of my favorite shows to go to. Um, you know, more, it's not as big and fancy as, as San Diego, but it's it's manageable and like I don't feel miserable uh, or have a sunburn by the time everything's said and done with this one. Well, I, w- I would say by its clout, I would say it's in the top five of cons. Like the top five of cons that pop up in my head are uh, Comic-Con. And then up in the the northwest, you have I think Emerald City Comic Con is what yeah. they call it up there. Uh, you have C two E two in Chicago. Uh, down in Atlanta is Dragon Con, which mm. I would say it's a little it's a it's tilted more towards like cosplay and fantasy, but I would say it has very much a convention spirit to it. And then obviously you have uh, New York Comic Con that's in uh, October on the east. So yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to really think of anything right now. Uh, that's as broad as C2E2 that would be bigger than it. Because I would maybe throw PAX in the mix, but PAX is very much video game focused. So, yeah, if you're anywhere near Chicago, you got to go check out C2E2. Yeah, and this year, you know, every year they have something different. You know, they're focused. You know, 
Uh, this year is actually they have almost the entire cast of the Critical Role Dungeons and Dragons series there, uh-huh. and uh, like a role playing has taken like that's like the highlight this year, rather than movies or TV shows. That that's their highlight this year. So, I would hope that they would show off some stuff from their very very lucrative Kickstarter that that uh, that animated project that they got off. Oh, I guarantee you they will. They, they've always every every big panel, especially with multiple people, always has a lot going on there. Um, a lot of, I think a Star Trek people are going to be there, um, from multiple shows as well, including the new Picard show. And uh, like, I think maybe, um, William Shatner will be there. And, uh, so there's all sorts of everything, wrestling, comic books, I'll rename it. Someone's going to be there. So I'm very excited for this, this year, um, to, to go and have a good time. I made my list of once earlier today, Mike, things I want to buy on the the show floor. Um, so I got my little notes app so I can hit it and put in the backpack and move along. So. Uh, if you're gonna be there, let me know. Um, well, we're gonna be recapping it next week, I think. So, very, very excited for this. Uh, but other than that, Mike, I think I think that we're gonna jump into our news here. Something I don't think we'll ever get at C2E2 because this is so early in the year. I can't uh-huh. believe they're doing it in February this year. Is uh, anything Disney Plus related? To be completely honest, uh-huh. um, but Disney is having a um, event in March for Disney Plus only. So they're they're uh-huh. making this on its own, and they're expected to unveil upcoming the MCU and Star Wars slates. At this event. Oh, wow. That'll be a big deal. Um, Yeah, it's kind of a weird date. Like you said, March is kind of at the beginning of the year. Maybe they're just trying to kind of kick off their their, uh, year of Disney making billions of dollars because I think Onward comes out in March. Is that the first kind of big Disney slated movie or is there one I'm not thinking of that's totally obvious that's out right now from Disney? I don't think so. I think Onward and then Mulan... January, February, March. I guess it would be it would be the very end of the first quarter. So maybe yeah. they're just gonna tie it into some uh, quarterly earnings. I don't know, but it's uh, they're getting ready. They're kicking twenty twenty yeah. off with a big bang. It sounds like. Yeah, we, Mulan is March twenty seventh. So I think these are back to back. Like this is gonna be you know they, they back into the first quarter right with this stuff. But I mean, again, it's Disney Plus. So I think what we're gonna what's happened not what's happened what we're gonna they didn't know any of these things were gonna be successful. We're going to have a Disney Plus drought for a little bit, Mike, for stuff that we want to watch, new stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, the Clone Wars, we're going to talk about that a little bit, came out this this week. Uh, but, like, you know, I think we're going to see actual video previews uh, since they showed at the Super Bowl for Loki, WandaVision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and Mandalorian Season 2. Um, so I think they're going to show some of that stuff. Hopefully those will leak online, knock on wood. Um, <laughs> but, but doubt it. But then also I think we're going to get updates on casting and release dates for the Obi-Wan show. The Cassian Andor project, we're not really on. <laughs> Hooray! Yeah. Uh, Hawkeye, She-Hulk, Miss Marvel, and Moon Knight. I think we're going to see some casting announcements for all those next month. Because they've got to start production soon. That's going to be a big bang. And yeah, uh, speaking of the, the Disney Plus drought, as you said. But, you know, also Clone Wars is coming back. Uh, or is back. Uh, we decided to check out the high school, the musical... The musical. musical, the series, is yeah. that what it's called? High School Musical, uh, the Musical, the se- yeah. And I, I have never seen High School Musical or anything close to. It. I'm, I didn't even really watch Glee, so I, I just know the basic concept of high schooler singing. So uh, we went to watch it because you know I heard it was kind of meta and kind of a uh, funny. So uh, we, we just couldn't get into it because we'd never seen it, and we're like, okay, maybe if we had seen High School Musical, this would be a little bit more interesting to us. But it's very well made. So if you want to watch, uh, so if you, you know. It's definitely not cheap, but yeah, that's not doing it for me. Uh, I'm slowly working my way 
through the Clone Wars mm-hmm. uh, backlog. I'm in season three right now, so I, I would say I'm approaching the halfway mark for what's available right now on Disney Plus. So uh, depending on my schedule, it would be cool if I could catch up to everybody else by the time the last episode of the new season airs. Um, I was going to ask you, is this new season that is out, is this supposed to be the last episode of, the last season of Clone Wars? They they, they have confirmed this is the final season because Dave Filoni, who did this, went on to do Rebels and now is part, um, I mean, John Favreau is the name, but he is the mind behind this. Uh, for, for the Mandalorian. So, mm-hmm. uh, you, like you said, the Darksaber, which appeared in the Mandalorian, you now have seen it in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, uh, and that comes back more as well later. So, I mean, a lot of that stuff will... We'll, we'll play for it, I think, in Mandalorian Season 2. We'll see a lot of uh, Clone Wars and Rebel stuff. Uh, yeah, I've, I've, I've seen, I, I've seen like, the episode arcs where they've been talking about Mandalore and um, where everyone's, you know, when the, when the Mandalorian show came out, a lot of people were asking questions about Jango Fett and Boba Fett. And I was like, oh, I got to the episode where they explained that Jango Fett was just some uh, bitchy little bounty hunter that stole that armor. He's not really a Mandalorian. And yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, we talked about that on the show. <laughs> yep, exactly. So now you know, and knowing's half the battle, so... Uh, yeah, I think I think there's there is some stuff here, but there's nothing like I think no large IPs during the summer that we're overly anxious for. Um, Star Wars, however, we talked about this a little bit on our uh, our group chat here. There's a new film in development with director J D Dillard. Okay, no relation. Okay, there, <laughs> uh, who did the movie Slight and Matt Owens, who was a, a writer for Luke Cage. Yeah, like. No idea <laughs> what this is. This came out of nowhere. I think the last, I mean, the last that we heard of anything coming out of Star Wars theatrically was there was supposed to be a Knights of the Old Republic thing. There was supposed to be this Ryan Johnson thing. Uh, haven't heard anything out of those. I uh, think, were any of them officially canceled or canned? I don't remember. No. I, so, so Ryan Johnson, every week he gives an update that he's still working on his. Um the Game of Thrones guys have gone radio silent since everyone hates them. I believe they may have officially, or at least very strong rumors, that they had left the quote-unquote Knights of the Old Republic project. Well, they, they, but it doesn't mean that the project's canceled. The, they could always bring somebody else The on. only thing is there is no Knights of the Old Republic project. I think that's the, the thing that we have to – that is not confirmed at all. But there is still three dates coming up in, like, what, 2022, 3, and 4. Um now, there's also the Kevin Feige produced project um, that, we, that we've talked about before where he, he's wanting to do one um, that I think is that one's pretty much the most recently confirmed. But I mean, what this looks like here again um, with uh, J.D. Dillard Slight and, and Luke Cage, these are both kind of, um, you know, for lack of a better term, African-American skewed projects. Do you think they may be trying to maybe do a Lando movie here um, or, or something with, with um you know what's his name? I can't. I want to say Childish Gambino, but that's his artist name. Um, from from the oh, solo, Donald, Donald, Donald Glover. Glover. Yeah, yeah. yeah. From, <laughs> from from the. From I don't. The solo what stuff. whatever they do, all I want them to do is have a plan. Yeah. You know, if you're going to make a one-off movie, go ahead make make your one-off movie. That, that is your that is your right as somebody with a freedom of choice. But if you're going to start a trilogy, if you're going to start a series, if you're going to create a new character that's going to be around for a few years, just plan it out. That's all I want. I just want a plan. I want a beginning, a middle, and an end for the character where it doesn't all have to be necessarily solved, but at least have your points ready to go. I don't feel like that was serviced for me with these last three Star Wars films. 
So well, that's all I'm hoping. That's all I'm hoping for. Well, just plan it out. <laughs> you mean three of the five? Because I mean, well, Rogue the, One the, was the, pretty. The trilogy, the trilogy, yeah. Because yeah. Rogue One was it. I think Solo had more plans, but I would like to see the was it the uh, the Darth Maul Amelia Clark thing pick up in a show. I don't want to see a movie about their stuff. But I mean, um, I, I think what does this mean for me? I mean, I don't know if they're like, is this where does this live? I don't, I don't think it's. I think they're done with the Skywalker stuff. Is this a future afterwards? kind of thing or is this actually a uh prequel old republic or high republic era stuff that we've, you, we've heard you, about? you know what star wars questions has been bouncing around in my head since now i'm like i'm like in like i'm in kind of this uh tangential star wars story area right now where i've been watching the clone wars i've been like slowly working my way into uh star wars Fallen Order, that's what it's called, right? Yeah, Fallen Order. (laughs) So, so like, I'm in, like, this other section parcel of Star Wars, and I'm having all of these other thoughts, and I'm like, has anyone ever explored the idea of what's at the very edge of the galaxy? You know, I I know there's always been, like, one-off lines of just, like, oh, he's ran away, and he's hiding at the edge of the galaxy. We'll never be able to find him, or we'll have to go chase him down. But, like, does anyone in the broader Star Wars universe have a second to not think about a war and, like, look through a telescope and go like oh there's a neighboring galaxy over there do you think they also have wizards over there with lightsabers do they live a more simple life in this neighboring us uh, in this neighboring galaxy so i don't know i i feel like maybe has this been touched upon with like a philosopher and like a one-off star wars novel i don't know maybe we'll have a star there, wars movie that deals with this there were several novels um before everything was done called legends that happened post um there were their solo twin the solos had twins um and after that like after they were adults there was something that was like a this for this this race of beings that were not that were immune to the force that were coming they're kind of like borg in star trek i think um a little bit so that that could be an opportunity you know it could be outer rim i think you know what about i mean you may you may may or may not care about this but like what about the origins of the sith versus the jedi like the original civil war in space, like the Hatfields and McCoys, like one's light side, one's dark side. Well, is is that even earlier than the Knights of the, the Old Republic story? That'd be very much earlier than the, the Republics because wow, they were around be, before they. I mean, that would be really. I mean, you'd there'd be a lot of interesting questions and problems you would need to solve, right? You know, yeah. how far back do you have to go back in time? before you have to start thinking about like you know set design and costume design and everything like how mm. proto do the humans get like do you, how far do you bring back the technology like are people even figuring circuits out still like or what do you do do we see the first lightsaber ever invented i don't know is that like way too early those stories almost seem like so like insult, like so small that you would see them like in a comic book or something yeah. like that. But they, it, it's definitely interesting. I, I well, the only thing is, that, like to me, that would be like a very standalone thing that could work. That's not like, oh, we know where these people are going to end up. You know, like mm-hmm. it's not like a twenty-year prequel. It's like a so far back. Like, yeah, we could just tell a story, and kind of move along if we wanted to. Again, I'm, I'm a bigger fan of going forward. Um, what is what is a a world look like with only one Jedi kind of thing, but that's different. Yeah. It's like, but what do you do in like the theatrical universe? I think that's the big question at hand here is if you had all of the money in the world, which is basically Disney's bank account to make a star Wars movie, what big story do you tell or what story that takes, you know, a lot of money? Cause it seems like anything smaller 
like you said, is just going to end up on Disney Plus, which makes total sense. So it's like you got to spin up some sort of big epic. So like what epic is left? Well, like this galaxy can't just be war torn for uh, perpetuity. That's just not interesting. Well, the problem with that is I think, you know, we could run into, you know, a lot of people's concerns. Like you mentioned earlier, literally they'd have to plan three movies. Maybe they only want to plan a movie. So it, it can't be nearly as epic with one movie. You know, at the end of the day, so I think I think what sounds the most interesting to me is they kind of did this a little bit between the gap of Avatar: The Last Airbender and The Legend of Korra, where uh, they built in like a, a time span in between these two things, where the worlds have had time to change, and also the cultures had had time to change. And the past seemed a little bit more like a relic and people were more concentrated and worried about the future. So what if we go far enough into the future of Star Wars? I'm thinking like almost like a big enough jump as like they do in Star Trek. Like I don't – do you know how many years off the top of your head between the original series and the next generation is? Um, I, is it is it like a hundred years, like a generation? I, I'm not really. I don't think it's that far. I think it's more like thirty or forty because they did cross over in one of the movies. Oh, uh, okay. Um, who knows? Maybe it could have been. Yeah, a they're just time I, obviously, travel and all that. Yeah, Star obviously Trek. we don't we don't know our Star Trek. Uh, but like, what if there was a big enough gap in time to where time had kind of started to uh, heal wounds and and like make the future cloudy and like there really isn't a dark side or a light side anymore but they kind of both exist and they're just both very muddy like some people are walking around with lead red lightsabers and they don't really know that the red lightsaber used to mean like evil and other people walking around with blue and i don't know there could be something interesting to deal with there but um that maybe something like that could could be handled in a larger movie but you, you gotta, i don't know <laughs> you just got to move outside of the skywalker saga i think we're both on agreements with and and figure out which way to go do you take a step forward or backwards is the best one um the only thing is with this movie from from dillard and owens is that they're uncertain if, the, if it'll be a theatrical release or a disney plus offering again we've not seen any movies transition to disney plus yet um that were planned for theater so maybe they make it for that or maybe it's a a smaller show they turn to a show and there's no ties to the currently announced movies that we just talked about the the johnson trilogy the potential um game of thrones thing and then the fighty films so uh it's a, it's, a, it's a question mark a big question mark the clone wars season seven series finale has started on disney plus um just to remind people if you've never seen revenge of the sith and you're watching this this will tie into revenge of the sith so i think that's that's pretty pretty uh pretty obvious uh and it's doing the episodic release mic every week so which i'm a fan of so yeah do we uh are we expecting like 10 episodes or i think it was 10 to 12 i'm gonna have to look it up here because uh, i tried to stay i'm trying to stay as blank into this as possible mm-hmm. um and i i want to say it's it's they usually do episodes of three 12 there's 12 episodes so there's probably gonna be four four to five arcs probably so yeah I, i've been meaning to re-watch revenge of the sith just because it's been a while since i've kind of uh dabbled with a lot of the prequel movies you know when you know i go visit other people or i go home for the holidays there's always like a star wars movie like on cable somewhere so you catch bit, bits of it but you know it's been a while since i've seen the last one of that prequel trilogy and i was like well this is a good time to rewatch it with me watching the clone wars but now i'm trying to strategize when i watch the live action movie so if this last season is going to be dabbling in revenge of the sith is it going to be kind of like just parallel or is like the very last episode of the clone wars uh gonna dovetail right into the revenge of the sith i or- I assume it's going to be that latter of the two where it, where it ties in the, in the last episode will pick up at the beginning of 
Revenge of the Sith, where with Anakin and Obi Wan getting in their ships above yeah, Coruscant. Well, I guess the biggest question is, does Order sixty six tie into the Clone Wars series? Because that's a that was a that's a big moment. That's kind of where everything changes. Mm-hmm. Where everything changes for the Jedi. So in, that would be crazy. Yeah. That would be insane to see that in more of an episodic format because you could really dive into that order. So, man, hopefully nothing gets spoiled. I know you won't spoil any for, anything for me going forward in the next uh, 10 weeks, but I'm pretty sure I can I can catch up and get pretty close in the next 10 weeks. Yeah, I don't think you're going to have to too, I mean, unless you're looking hard for spoilers, simply because this, you know, the next movie has already been, like the rest, every movie comes after this, so there's nothing new to the table. And then um, the the show Rebels, which was a spiritual successor, does bring some characters who survive into it. So um, I think they would have spoiled it there. So I think it's just going to be a wrap up with some of these uh, hanging threads, if you will. Yeah, I I mean, it's obvious because all you have to do is look at the poster for the newest season. I know Ahsoka is still alive. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's going to be brutal and heart wrenching if they kill Ahsoka in this last season. But, you know, it's still technically. But they can't because she's in Rebels. Oh, she isn't Rebels. No, she yeah, she's she's, she's on every poster Rebels. They have her. Uh, okay, well, it goes to show you what I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, you're good. You're good. So she's not gonna. Okay, I don't have to worry about her dying. Though. Yeah. I mean, I, w- I wish we could. Like, that's the thing. I wish we could worry about where these characters will live. Like, right now, I'm watching the episode. I'm like, Obi Wan's not gonna die. Why, why are they? Tr- <laughs> why are they trying to tell me he's gonna die? When I'm like. We know he's not going to Yeah. I mean, watching the series makes me think a lot about the prequels, and I would love to see Mace Windu come back in Obi-Wan's Disney Plus show. Mm. I mean, we saw him get thrown out a window, but I mean, we see Jedi fall from great heights all the time, and I feel like I've seen Mace Windu go through a lot more than just being electrocuted uh, in all of these uh, Clone Wars episodes I've been watching. Mm -hmm. So Darth Maul got cut in half, and he came back. Yeah, I mean, if there's going to be a, I mean, seeing Baby Yoda was a big re- reveal in The Mandalorian. Big reveals seem to be a, a key moment to get people to watch and to subscribe. So, uh, imagine a moment where we're about to see like Obi Wan get like beheaded or something like that, or, uh, or maybe somebody else like you said that we know could possibly die at the hands of a villain, and then bam, we see like a purple lightsaber come into view. I, and we're like, oh snap, it's I th- Mace. I think Mace Windu comes back as, as a as a an evil Jedi. Oh, I like that. That's clever. Like he he he's always walked the line of of you know he, he's an angry Jedi, right? He could he could easily become a Sith very easily, and this whole being thrown out the window stuff like he he uses anger to keep him alive, like oh, like or maybe. Or maybe he just kind of becomes chaotic neutral, just kind of uh, bouncing back between the two. We'll just kind of yeah. kill anybody that gets in his way. He's just kind of too well, old for this if, shit. <laughs> but if he's but if he's coming back as as an evil person or, or a dark Jedi or whatever you want to call, it, but he's coming after Obi Wan because he trained Anakin and Anakin's the one who did it to him. Well, okay, yeah, I like this. All right, there's, there's a way to do it, but I mean, we're not yeah. saying it's going to do. But either way, we've got some opportunities with Star Wars to tell some really cool stories still. I think is the end of it. Are you familiar with the character in Marvel, Elsa Bloodstone? I certainly am not. Perfect. She's like a <laughs> uh, monster hunter style character. Like, uh, imagine like a Van Helsing kind of thing. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Her her father was kind of like that character as well. She's usually in a lot of uh, the horror stuff. You know, teamed up with Blade or something like that. She's a playable character in Marvel Ultimate Alliance three, um, as well. But there was apparently a talk of a brand new female superhero show last year on ABC and she was supposed to be the lead of it that was just hmm. uncovered 
and this was um, canceled before it was greenlit at ABC, Jeff Loeb, I don't know who did what. Um, but they didn't go forward with it, but it would have probably tied into the monster Marvel universe, which was like Hellstrom, which is still going forward in Ghost Rider. Mm-hmm. Um, and possibly, who knows how much it, it would have tied into like a Blade TV show or something like that. But um, either it's canceled because they're going to use her at Marvel in an upcoming show like Blade, or they just were like, nah, we don't have the budget for this. I don't I don't know. Oh, yeah, that, this just seems like a, a more remnants of uh, of Jeff Loeb's career <laughs> just uh, coming to the surface. Well, I call his part where he wrote the ultimate comics and everybody hated it called the lobotomy because he like removed all the fun parts of, of what it was. So it sounds like <laughs> the same thing here. Really, really close to it. Uh, sorry, I can take a drink there. Um, Loki, however, very excited for this show since we had the, the time variance authority on his shirt. Um, the room, this is rumored now to be setting up Kang, the conqueror for the MCU. Going Kang, forward. the conqueror. I know this guy uh, because of Earth's Mightiest Heroes. And he what was a uh, what does he do in that very, show? Uh, he's a uh, he's conquering. Uh, he's uh, jumping around time um, time streams. Yeah. Uh, cool alien dude. Uh, so, I'm looking forward to some Kang. So Kang was apparently part of the Time Variance Authority when he was younger, um, which kind of gave him the you know the insight and in how to to manipulate time later on in his life. So we may see a younger version of Kang, like a pre-Kang, mm. if you will. Um, it was also known in the comic books as Iron Lad, his younger self. Um, but he, tra- he saw his future become evil, so he tried to become good. So we, I don't think we'll see Iron Lad, but I think this is an opportunity to see a young Kang take part yeah. in the show. And it, make, and it makes sense if you're going to use a character like Kang to throw him into this Loki show. Because to me, it seems like this Loki show is going to be very uh, quarantined off. You know, yeah. it's going to be kind of dealing with this alternate kind of timeline where we're just going to have some fun with Tom Hiddleston, get some Disney Plus subscribers, probably... Not going to get past a season two of Loki. Um, maybe just one season, and we'll just have some fun, get a little bit of Kang, because I don't think they're going to bring time travel back around anytime soon. I mean, they did it in the biggest way possible with Avengers Endgame, and it just kind of seems weird to return to the well of time travel, because then well, you're just bringing up a lot I, of like questions of, why can't they fix this? Why can't they fix that? Let's just go back in time. So it makes sense to kind of isolate Kang and his time travel abilities to this one-off isolated show. Well, this they are working on season two we've talked about that before they already have the llc uh for the two uh license but i think here here's the thing i think it's not going to be loki isn't time traveling he's creating alternate universes on accident uh whether he realizes or not because he got the cube right and got away in in endgame but they obviously fix it before the end of endgame so i think the first season will focus on fixing this um him creating these alternate timelines but i don't think time travel will really play a part or this TVA will be like, look, this is the last time we can do this. There's a reason why people don't mess in time travel. Um, and, and really set the ground rules. Like, yeah, we can't do this anymore. Kind of deal. But, I mean, I think there's, there's opportunity for season two. Is like, what what is a what does a Loki season two kind of show look like? Like, do we pluck him from, from the, the time stream and, uh, you know, the TVA puts him somewhere, like, drops him somewhere else. Like, alright, figure it out. I don't want it to be Legends of tomorrow because I think that's going to suck because they deal with time travel all the time. And it's very, very non-consequential. Um, but, I mean, I think Loki's a, a still a compelling character. 
all around. Yeah, I mean, a character like Loki coming back from a different dimension to join the the crew again uh, makes a lot of sense in the comic books. All that stuff happens like a million times over. But uh, we've discussed this on the show before, where his death had yeah. a lot of meaning in the mainline version of the MCU. So I don't think we want to just be plucking uh, al- yeah. alternate versions of Loki and just bringing Tom Hiddleston back into the fold. You know, because it's just I don't know. It just kind of ruins the, the you, impact of the death. Do you think they'll go down the actual story of Ragnarok, which they do in the comic books and in the Norse mythology, that once people die, there's this Ragnarok, right? You know, Asgard's destroyed, people die, that everything is reborn again. You know, the Ragnarok's a cycle kind of thing for Asgard. Do you think that would be an opportunity for him to come back in a Thor esque thing later or do you think just leave Ragnarok out of it and don't do the I, 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 I think just I, I think Tom Hiddleston just has to take his graceful exit after the after the Loki show because all of that, that stuff Marvel all money, of money man that Marvel no, money well, well all of the story uh, mechanics that you're bringing up would work like just perfectly for like literally anything else like a comic book an animated movie an animated TV show maybe like a, a what if storyline and what if season two but it's just like uh uh, I think I think uh, we saw Tom Hiddleston's uh, purple, lifeless, dead skull drop <laughs> drop in space, and I think that's where we leave it. I, I think, however, I, I'm on, I'm still of the impression that if everybody died, then they they, they have to start over. And this is like they can recast all these characters, and and Asgard relives again through a cycle of like new people. I don't know. There's an opportunity there to recast without you know. Well, making sense in the story of, of Ragnarok. But. I mean, I'm sure Loki, like, you know, gets around, you know, lays down with a couple ladies. I wouldn't be surprised if he's also interested in a couple fellows around the multiverse and universe. Mm. You know, if you brought in, like, a child of Loki at some point in time, I would well, be totally down with that. I mean, that's very believable. Hela was orig- is originally his daughter in the, the mythology and the comic books. So they're going to have to have some fun with this. Um Maybe a kid Loki. I don't know. We've talked about that before. I mean, we got Baby Yoda. What about Baby Loki? (laughs) Baby Loki, exactly. Uh, She-Hulk is on the horizon, Mike. Uh, I've I've seen She-Hulk probably three times this week in different things. Between the Marvel United game, the new Marvel Zombies Funko Pops and stuff. But there's a rumor right now that the Red Hulk is rumored to make his debut in the She-Hulk series. Are you familiar with the Red Hulk at all? I mean, yeah. Uh, Red, Hulk, Red Hulk is uh, General Ross, I believe, right? Yep, yeah. yeah. General uh, Ross, He, um, but he's not, like, gamma-powered. Like, he's, like he, his, his power is, like, heat and fire and stuff like that, not, like, normal gamma stuff like a green Hulk. He looks mm-hmm. like a Hulk, but his powers are different, yes. I mean, this is the opportunity. I mean, we, we we're, we're st- the the rights to cinematic Hulk are still kind of up in the air. I think we've kind of talked about maybe Disney getting the rights back from Paramount or like the distribution, you know, agreement coming into order. But it seems like they don't have to worry about any of this crap on Disney Plus. So it seems like She Hulk is going to be the time to throw in all of that Hulk stuff we've always wanted to see. So yeah, throw in a Red Hulk, throw in yeah. a Gray Hulk, bring Nerd Hulk back into the fold. Um, you know. He'll, do, well, every, do everything. He'll have to be at some point because, you know, normally She-Hulk is created due to blood transfusion between Bruce Banner and Jennifer Walters. But if there's a second Hulk, you know, this is, like I said, this is an opportunity for General Ross to be like, okay, well, there's two Hulks. Now we need to make a Hulk and um, somehow becomes a Red Hulk. There's another Red Hulk and later down the road that somebody else becomes. It may not be Ross. Um, the actor, was it William Hurt? He's getting up there in age. He looked old in that 
Black Widow trailer, so who knows what we'll be doing with that. But the opportunity. Uh, Hawkeye and Miss Marvel were both present at Hasbro's investor presentation this week, and they both say Hasbro says that both shows will debut in 2021. Oh yeah, look at this little Hasbro timeline here. Yes, and what's interesting is ha- uh, Hawkeye's you know on the schedule for late 2021 with Jonathan Igla, who's known for Mad Men as a showrunner, but Miss Marvel is rumored to debut before that now, so being moved up here. And the show you know, we've talked about being kickstarting in April uh, for production, so. Uh, do you do you think that's a surprise or or not really? Because I I mean it could be uh, as simple as they've just strategically decided this needs to go first. Uh, I would imagine Jeremy Renner is maybe a lot more difficult to schedule around since he's a very established star. Whereas I'm sure whoever they're going to cast for Miss Marvel would be maybe possibly an unknown or kind of a a freshman to Hollywood in general. So that could explain why why Hulk, Hawkeye takes a takes place a little bit later but if we believe in all of the grand schemes of disney plus and kevin feige which why wouldn't you uh there's probably a reason it, it airs after miss marvel and it's probably got to do something with uh with the story so uh, i can't wait to watch our very first uh disney plus marvel show because it's going to answer so many questions for us it's going to tell us what is the tone going to be like what is it what's it going to feel like watching you know six or eight episodes of a show is that going to be enough to really entice us moving forward what kind of cliffhangers are we talking about here is there going to be a cliffhanger at the end of season at the end of episode eight or six i don't remember mm-hmm. I, I don't remember the episode orders for all of these uh are we gonna is it gonna dovetail into the next streaming show or is it gonna dovetail into the next season of the show or maybe there'll be two credit scenes I mean, I'm only assuming that there's cliffhangers and credits just because that's how they did it in the movies. And Feige keeps telling us these are basically going to be like episodic movies. Yeah, I agree. I don't know what they're going to do, but, you know, when they debuted all the shows, that's probably the ones they had confirmations for. And, you know, since they added Miss Marvel, Moon Knight, and She-Hulk, it doesn't matter what order they come out in. Um, they just probably had them on the slate and they were like, well, we now have... You know, showrunners for these. So let's let's get them up and going. So I don't think it's a problem at all. This looks interesting over here. Uh, this year on Disney XD, there's something called Spider-Man Maximum Venom. They just put yeah. goo on all the characters. <laughs> yeah, they do. I actually have some of those pops up here. Like they venomize everybody. Like venomize Ultron, the Punisher, uh, Green Goblin, stuff like that. They'll venomize that, anything. Got to get that goo. It's true. Got to get that goo. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Marvel is tied into another superhero character who doesn't have a movie. Uh, on this slate yet, but Captain Marvel 2 looks like it's definitely confirmed. I know we, we've talked about this before, but like the LLC Warbird Productions 2 has been filed officially, so the sequel is in the works. Do you think this would tie into incorporating Kamala Khan into her movie after the fact now? And, huh. and putting this out in 2022. Yeah, it is, it is strange to think about. Like The biggest hurdle you have to get over in a Miss Marvel TV show is literally her name and the comic books, her identity is connected to uh, Captain Marvel existing. But in the comic book of Miss Marvel, uh, like Captain Marvel's like, you know, like a celebrity, like a lot of the other superheroes are, you know, they're well known. Uh, you know, there's people probably making pop culture merchandise in her world that she can buy this stuff and put it up in her room and, you know, have little toys on like her desk and dresser and put posters up on her wall so she can be infatuated with Captain Marvel. But if she's kind of just showed up to Earth, like, you know, once 
to to save it is definitely a big enough task to become world famous. But like mm-hmm. we, there weren't really any cameras there when the uh, Avengers compound well, was getting destroyed. But, so I'm just kind of thinking, how does Captain Marvel get on Miss Marvel's radar? You well, know? there's there's two ways to this. One, actually, Captain Marvel showed up at the end of Infinity War, technically, right, and helped kill Thanos, which the world knows about later. Mm-hmm. So she would probably have a statue saying somewhere, and people would know her for five years before. It, the other half of the people snap back in. Um, but also, does she stay on Earth? Like, how long is Miss Marvel set after the Battle of Avengers, right? Uh, Spider-Man jumps forward several months. Uh, if this is, you know, on the same timeline, two years later, Captain Marvel may be popular, you know, you know at this point. I feel... I feel like a clever way to kind of just get around this is just at the very beginning of Miss Marvel's show, just just have uh, somebody say that there's like a, a documentary that just premiered, you know. Uh, obviously, if an event of this nature happened in our world, there'd be tons of people in Hollywood making movies and TV shows about it, you know, trying to get to the bottom of it. You know, every mm-hmm. it, it would just like take control over the whole world. So, yeah, I could totally see like a, just a documentary existing and then like, you know, you get – familiar with all of these different or, heroes or they not even connect her because technically captain marvel went by miss marvel in the comic books for 30 plus years and she's never been called miss marvel in this universe at all and she just happens to you know instead of oh i can't be captain marvel and i'll just be miss marvel kind of deal i don't know there's a way to do it without even like because her symbol used to be miss marvel symbol but that is not related to carol danvers in the mcu at all now so. Yeah, that's that's true, and that that lightning bolt is incorporated in that official logo. So yeah, they'll they'll be. I'm sure they'll do something creative to kind of get us there. Yeah. God, we're getting Inhumans again, Mike. That's all I'm excited <laughs> for. An MCU Inhumans, right the wrongs. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness has been through uh, quite the ringer this year already. Uh, losing director Scott Derrickson. Um, he's still executive producer, but also the rumors of Sam Raimi directing, and now there are more signs that he is directing for sure. Ooh, what are the signs, Chris? So apparently there's this thing in, in a couple of months called Monster Mania Con, mm-hmm. and Sam Raimi is known for doing what Darkman, Army of Darkness, Evil Dead, right? So he's, he's a staple of these, but he's canceled this due to filming requirements. Mm-hmm. He hasn't done a movie since Oz the Great and Powerful. So what movie is Sam Raimi doing? Ooh, Doctor Strange. So, I love this conspiracy. I love these like little conspiracies. Yeah, exactly. Because I was like, I went and looked at him like, what has he been doing lately? I mean, he's been producing some stuff here and there. Um, but like, you know, the the last one he did was The Grudge, which, you know, didn't do so hot at the, uh, uh, the box office itself. But I mean, just kind of looking at stuff like he really hasn't done a whole lot for, for a while. And, uh, um, but Ash versus the Evil Dead, I guess he did the TV show, um, some of that. But like, what's he doing? Probably pre-production on Doctor Strange. They gotta get this off the ground and going, man. Sooner or later to hit that next year's release date for May. Um, so I mean, I'm excited. I mean, I think I still think this is a great, great get grab. What do you think? Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, Sam Raimi has such a has such a he has a style, which is what I like. You all, I always like directors where you can like tell like, oh, this is a blank movie. So I'm curious to see what a spin he's going to put on Doctor Strange. But I'm hoping we get more uh, uh, Spider-Man 1 and 2 than Spider-Man 3 out of them. But, you know, there's a lot of drama around Spider-Man 3 of what could have possibly caused that uh, that uh, that nightmare. <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, there, there's a whole documentary on that and the, the, the production nightmare behind it. But, I mean, I think if I, you know, 
I still hold Spider-Man 2 up on this pedestal. You know, it's not perfect by any means, and it doesn't... The, some of the effects haven't aged well over time, but some of the effects have remained awesome the whole way through. And do you remember the scene where um, Octavius comes back to life on, the, like, the, the operating table, and his tentacles are, like, doing all the... Oh, like, yeah, that's awesome. A scene like that in a Doctor Strange movie? Yes, please. Yeah, especially with modern technology and, and you know, the crazy stuff in Doctor Strange, like... There's an opportunity here to, to really play with that, and I think that's really great. So, uh, you know, knock on wood, we get we get Sam Raimi. Now, buckle up for some conspiracy, Mike, because there is a rumor that Sony is making a Mysterio solo film with Jake Gyllenhaal from Spider-Man: Far From Home. Sony, why? What do you? <laughs> is it a good rumor? Rumor? This is speculation. No, don't. What do you? This this almost this seems more egregious to me, just because I know that the MCU Feige machine made Hall. They made Mysterio. Yes, Sony Sony's logo is on that movie, but I would attribute all of the all of the positives of Spider-Man Far From Home to Feige and the MCU. So now it's just like Sony's just like, nah, we're gonna take what you made and now we're gonna possibly mess it up. Whereas normally they've just been taking stuff that just hasn't been touched yet and it's like, okay, I guess you can kind of go ahead and screw up uh, Venom if you want. You know, I guess the MCU doesn't have to use that symbiote if they don't want to, but yeah, yeah, I, I wonder if Feige's just like, hey, 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 what are you doing? Well, or they're just like, okay, no, we get to keep using Tom Holland as Spider-Man for the foreseeable future and you can do whatever you want to do to well, uh, Mysterio. Well, I mean, that's, a, that's under a big assumption that they're just taking it and not doing any feedback from Marvel. My, I mean, I would think that there's some sort of agreement here where Marvel's like, we will help you executive produce a lot of these movies, you know, and, and, and get good reviews and get your monies back if we can continue to use our Spider-Man. So, like, like yeah, you could make a Mysterio movie, that's fine, but you have to go through us to make sure it lines up with our stories. Um, I, I certainly hope you're right. What the scenario that I would like to imagine is, it, it, Feige is the big, powerful producer, and he's human, so he won't be around forever. So I got to imagine there's a there's a number two. There's got to be a Padawan to Feige out there right now. And this would be a great project for his Padawan. Send him off to Sony to monitor all of this stuff and make sure it all goes well. Yeah, because, I mean, there's an opportunity here. Like, you know, if they are building towards a Sinister Six movie, Mike, you're going to need Mysterio. And I don't think he died at the end of the movie. I, I think I think it's all a ruse, right? Um be, because how would he have had time to send off that footage and stuff like that, you know, before he died? I think I just don't think he's dead. Well, and and also the whole the whole point of Mysterio is the it's it's like it's mystery. Well, the, yeah, the truth is in the eye of the beholder type deal. Like I could easily see him getting away through like tricks and you know quote unquote magic technology. Exactly. So they they use this. He he's still alive, and this movie is following him, like getting his revenge and, and getting back you know, up and, you know, people don't take him seriously because they think he's dead. I, I don't know. Like, actually becoming someone, you know, worth fighting on his own technology rather than borrowing Tony Stark's technology, if you will. Well, I mean, so far, it's just Mysterio and the Vulture that have gears to grind against Spider-Man. Um, but the, the Scorpion. Um, uh, was this... He, he Remember, he had the face thing on the boat in the Homecoming, and then at the uh, end of Homecoming, he asked the Vulture... Do you know who Peter Parker is? Okay, yeah, I guess he... Yeah, he was like the weapons dealer on the boat, right? Yeah, yeah. Or something is, like that? that okay. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's not... I There's a little bit of a yeah. vendetta there. But even at the same time, it seems like the Vulture kind of maybe would have a better 
opinion of Spider-Man because Spider-Man kind of saved him. But I don't know. Mysterio seems to be the only one with the biggest axe to grind. So we got to figure out, well, if uh, if Venom is somehow on the Sinister Six, where's Venom's axe? You know, I guess maybe the... Is that what the Tom Holland cameo in Venom 2 is? Like uh, Tom Holland just like takes a... Uh, Peter Parker just takes a trip to San Francisco and just like cuts him in line. And mm-hmm. Tom Hardy's just like, no, I'll have my revenge. I know you're Spider-Man. I'm going to get to a group of people together and you'll never cut me in line again for coffee. Well, I mean, there's also um, the Morbius movie has Spider-Man in it. Do you think that'll tie back in the Spider-Man eventually? I don't know. It, he, he doesn't it, seem like a, like a Sinister Six kind of guy, but... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, Chris. There's so many questions. There's a lot of questions. Else. Do you think we're going to get some answers at Comic-Con this year? You know what? I hope so. Oh, God, I hope so, too. <laughs> I'll be scrolling through that Twitter feed, waiting for it. So that's for sure. Mm-hmm. This year. Uh, we just had a, a nice little talk about Fortnite before the, the, the show started. Mike doesn't play... I play, but this season, this new season two of chapter, you know, chapter two, uh, an unlockable skin is actually Deadpool. Like the actual Deadpool character will be an unlockable character to play as uh, later yeah. this season. I've been curious how the relationship between Marvel and Fortnite has evolved because Fortnite's such a big juggernaut where uh, you have people uh, like Netflix out there saying like, oh, we're not competing with YouTube. We're competing with Fortnite because that's where all, all of people's time is going into that game. So I wouldn't be surprised if maybe Marvel approaches Fortnite and be like, hey, do you want to put uh, some of our IP into your well, game? So we'll remind people that uh, Marvel still exists. Well, let's pump your brakes. <laughs> if you remember last year, they actually had an in-game yeah, they had they, yeah. they had Thanos in there. So basically, I'm just wondering where the money well, where the money is flowing. Is Fortnite paying for that license, or is uh, Disney like saying like, "Hey, put us in there"? <laughs> well, there's a, well, there's actually two. So Infinity War just had the Thanos mode, right? Very, very. Mm-hmm. But the year after, for Endgame, then you actually had Captain America's shield, Hawkeye's bow, um, Thor's hammer, and Iron Man's gauntlets and, and gloves. So like, they they keep it more. I have a Black Widow skin and a Star Lord skin already that you know that I bought. So I think you know they're like, hey. Deadpool, like, it's interesting that he's not unlockable yet, right out the gate. Like, there's a bunch of little weird stuff, but he's so meta that I think Fortnite kids would love the Deadpool jokes and, like, his, his, you know, he's not really, he's kind of crass a little bit, you know? He's very, like, oh, I know I'm in a video game kind of thing. He had his own video game. I really liked it. Yeah, well, he's a rude dude, dude, you know? Yeah, he is something. Uh, that's for sure. But either way, I, I hope to I hope to see some more. They've they've always Fortnite has been interesting because they will take a popular thing and like do a uh, you know a Dollar Tree version of it kind of thing. Like uh, you know before Star Lord, there was Rust Lord, <laughs> uh, and he looked like Star Lord, but he was like you know a, a junky like a junker version of Star Lord. But like <laughs> later they had Star Lord, so. Uh, speaking of uh, Star Lord, uh, yesterday my wife was on the couch and she starts asking me these very cryptic questions while she's on her computer. She's just like, "If you had to hang out with just uh, with w- one of the original Avengers, who would it be?" <laughs> and then she lists all of them, and then uh, um, uh, Black Widow isn't anywhere on the list. Then she goes to the next group, and she's just like, "If you had to, uh, if you had to go get lunch with uh, one of these Avengers from Civil War, who would it be?" And I was like, "Well, why isn't Scarlet Witch or Black Widow on this list?" And it basically is going to find out. Uh, the, it's a BuzzFeed quiz where it guesses your age based on how into the men of the Marvel MCU that you're into. So I think Boy. I said I would. Uh, uh, I think I, I would do something with Chris Pratt. I don't remember what depraved thing I said I would do to Chris Pratt, wow. but I guessed my age was like 14. So, uh, if anybody wants to go take that quiz, go you find know, it. I, I can see that. I can see you fooling the, the internet to, to thinking you're 14, Mike. <laughs> 
Speaking of things that make me laugh like we're 14, the newest Batman stuff uh, is out. They're filming out in the open, just like we predicted. Usually that's what we say, Mike. If they're releasing it early, guess what they're going to be doing next? They're going to be shooting. They're going to be filming outside, so they can't. you can't get leaked stuff. And we get our first look at the Batman suit in action. I love this Twitter video. The, whoever <laughs> is the stuntman for Batman is driving down this... You know, uh, this cemetery road, very bricky. He pops out a little bit, breaks it, pops out a little bit, and then guess what? Oh, he falls over. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if we've had any confirmation if this is or is not a stuntman because the first thing that I saw was some set photos where you got to see the suit in full. We have confirmation that the Batman suit has ears. Uh, It also has some cool tactical stuff on it. I don't know if this is like, a Batman action figure where when you buy him with the motorcycle, he comes with extra motorcycle add-ons, you know? So I don't know if we'll be seeing these, like, I don't know if they were like blow darts or what exactly he had some sort of like tubing around like his gauntlet. They look like the black widow kind of battery packs, except like longer. If you, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if that was a motorcycle accessory or not. And I guess I'm not, insanely familiar with Robert Pattinson's chin. But when I was looking at those photos, I was like, man, is that the stunt double under there because he's sitting on a motorcycle or is that Pattinson's chin? And I was like, either way, this is working really, really well for me because um, there's bat goggles, right? There's like goggles on this cow, if I remember correctly. So I was like, everything I'm seeing here right now is awesome. This looks like super, super cool, very badass. And then I see this video like a day later where uh, Batman, whoever it is, whatever actor is in there is just driving this motorcycle like maybe like eight miles an hour (laughs) and like falls over on it like he just like gets to the very end of this camera shot and like i know the ground looks wet but like they do like a little bit of a skid earlier and then all of a sudden it's just like i don't know how the brakes work and they just kind of fall over like a little kid all over it's done (laughs) yeah so it makes me wonder maybe that is robert pattinson in there because it's hard to imagine a professional stunt person uh beefing it on a motorcycle going four miles an hour <laughs> could be or they could be worried that he he would beef it and do that maybe well, it's part of the stunt this is batman year two he didn't learn how to ride the motorcycle in year one oh, that's the focus of year two it's the comedy batman we've never yeah okay, bringing a little fun. bit of batman 66 in here well what's interesting is you know we talked about his ears his ears aren't too tall they're a little wide it kind of looks like to be completely honest this looks like ben affleck in like a young ben affleck in a bat suit Oh, not the ears, though. The Ben Affleck ears were much more stubby. Right, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, if you're like, oh, I wonder what Ben Affleck looked like his second year he was Batman, this is what he would look like. Yeah, I yeah, I mean, the the suit's definitely different, but I can see, like, the frame, the chin. It's so yeah. funny. I, I, you, if you're going to be doing superhero uh, news analysis, you really got to know your chins, and I guess yeah. I got to beef up on my chins a little bit, but I'm, I'm loving everything I'm seeing right here. I mean, and there's a bat motorcycle. This isn't just, like, a motorcycle. Like, it's got, like, a front little wind guard that is shaped like yeah. like bat ears. You get the bat ears kind of thing, a little, little light. Uh, it's, it's it's not too bad. Like this is uh, this is kind of fun. If you scroll down from that video, there are the photos Mike was talking about right below it. So, um, it's not your Dark Knight Bat, you know, motorcycle. This looks like hey, he actually has a motorcycle kind of deal going on. So I think it's fun. I think I think it looks good. You, I mean, we're, 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 oh yeah, for sure. Just, I just crossing my fingers that the story's good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's. Uh, I mean, DC hasn't done this horribly lately. So knock on, knock on wood. Uh, Wonder Woman 84, we get our first look at what they've been calling the Sphinx suit now. Uh, an official look here at it. Um, it's gold and shiny. That's yeah. about all we got. Yeah, I mean, you can see it pretty much 
just as it is in some of the other uh, early um, uh, Video press photos. Yeah. And also in, in the trailer, you can get little bits of it there. But, you know, this is a nice little standalone. Uh, it looks like there's more... Um, uh, originally, it looked like all armor from head to toe, but it looks like maybe some of the the sleeving and uh, legging material could be a little bit more uh, mushy. Well, kind of looks like a looks loose. like a spacesuit a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit, a little, little, very, very shiny, very colorful. We see the greens and the reds from the eighties here. I, I mean, I, I'm looking forward to seeing her with the full wings and the the, the yeah, armor it's, suit. Yeah, it's badass. Yeah. I don't know how it ties into the story. I don't know if she needs a whole suit of armor to fight uh, to fight Cheetah because it seems like uh, Cheetah is a very quick character. It seems like this armor is going to slow her down, but who knows if it has wings, fly up in the air. Uh, maybe, maybe it imbues flight into Wonder Woman. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, I mean, I kind of, again, I read a plot synopsis, so I, I know a little more than I'm letting on about this, Mike, but uh, I, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. Uh, the other link we had here actually is the Cheetah Funko Pop, and they've disabled the link. So since Ooh, I, I put this up, that's that's how you know it means something. <laughs> yeah, it is. And because uh, a toy fair was this weekend, if anyone didn't know, toy fair in New York was this weekend. Tons and tons of Funko stuff. They they put out so many pops. Uh, Marvel Zombies and Marvel video games. Uh, I'm gonna kind of scroll through a Google search here and see if I can find. I mean, it. Chris, the most important thing that now I do realize was from this. Uh, was from this toy fair because I was looking it up because I wanted to buy it, but it's not available yet. Is there's a baby Yoda chia pet oh, where Lord. it's baby Yoda and his little hovering little carrying pod, and you know you can grow like whatever the chia plant is. I don't even know what it, I don't even know what chia grows. Just know it's like little green plants, and you know it grows up in and around baby Yoda. It doesn't uh, it doesn't grow off of his face because there is like an old Yoda chia pet, which is uh, less exciting now that baby Yoda exists. That grows off of like Yoda's skin which is kind of weird so uh i want this baby yoda chia pet really really bad but um hopefully the stuff that's at this toy fair will be coming out sooner rather than later well a lot of it is um ready to pre-order um surprisingly enough um, well i did some cheetah i did some baby yoda chia pet googling and i i didn't find anything directly but i've never had a chia pet before so if anybody knows what a chia is <laughs> what is the plant can i eat it uh do i have to worry about bugs what's the deal it's weird because you never you don't grow it in dirt. Is it like a moss? It goes to show you I don't know I don't know anything about growing anything. It's chia, it's chia seeds, man. You just you put them in your juice, let them soak overnight, <laughs> and you drink them, right? That's isn't that what they're what uh, you do with chia seeds? I don't think so, but it's okay. Yeah, I cannot find this cheetah image anywhere, Mike. I'm gonna have to pull it up later. But um, but if it's if it's pulled, that means it's real. So. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what this looks like, so I'll have to take that out of the notes, Mike. Well, I mean, with my cursory uh, Google search, I'm I'm getting a lot of Chester Cheetah, yeah, uh, from from Cheet from the Cheetos universe. Yeah, they uh, have the, they have the Cheetah, uh, Chester Cheetah Funko Pop. They did like a brand icon line. So. Yeah, I mean, if you go out there and you do your Cheetah googling, you can see the black silhouette of Cheetah. Yeah, so it looks like she's in like a little bit of a power stance. Uh, she has a tail there. For sure, so uh, makes me think that there's some mutation happening there, and there's there's also some concept art uh, and some like I want to say promo stuff that you might see on a movie theater cup of uh, of Cheetah. So we've had some looks of her, but yeah, it's it's, it's just it's always fun. They'll see these things when they come out, and then by the time you realize like oh, it was real, 
and is gone, you're like, ah, oh, damn, how, how am I going to get people to con- convince that this is <laughs> was actually happening here? Yeah, so. Chris is usually on top of it with uh, oh. screenshots and doing uh, backups to Google Drive, but you know, uh, oh, it's he, all right. Well, you know what? Here we, here we go, Mike. I found it. How about that? I'm going to I'm gonna send it to your text. Is that cool with you? The link to look at. That, that's fine. This, S- send it over. I will describe it to our listeners in excruciating detail of what this Cheetah Funko Pop looks like because this, everyone's <laughs> is on the edge of their seat. There, it, well, it looks like a cheetah person, really, at the end of the day. And it's a mystery mini on the Funko line, not a full pop. So did did you get it? No, I'm not it? seeing it. I'm not seeing it come through. Oh, oh wait, there it is. There it is. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> it's just a cheetah person. It's a cheetah person. There, there's some slick back hair. There is some kind of confusing breast lumps, yeah. which I don't really know how that's going to translate. Cats don't have those. To the screen. Uh, I still have not seen uh, the Cats movie that came out in December, so we'll have to see the best uh, the best uh, CG cat character. <laughs> Who is the best cat, fake cat character uh, on screen this year? But uh, yeah, it just looks like that. So that's in our notes now. So we can we can move on to the next thing. Get out, get out of here. Harley Quinn, the TV series, the animated one, right, Mike? Um, uh-huh. Season one just wrapped. A season two will return on Friday, April third. Quick turnaround here. Yeah, that's that's quick. Uh, that's great. Uh, it seems like it went really really well. Uh, I've I've heard of the show from people that aren't necessarily in the. Uh, the uh, the superhero uh, circle, so it's it's it, it's kind of breaking through some of the I would say some of the the, the filters uh, that people put up. So yeah, I, I just hope it comes to HBO Max in May because uh, Disney the the DC streaming service uh, I, it's not up my alley right now. But if all that stuff gets ported to HBO Max, I'll give it a try. Yeah, I mean, um, it, it'll be, I mean, this is here. Originally, the show was written for 26 episodes for season one. They did them in two butt laps of 13s and split them into two seasons. So that's why the quick turnaround is, which is good because, you know, they probably have learned after, what, one and a half, two years of DC Universe, you don't want any downtime, right? And that's what, you know, Disney Plus is kind of going through right now. The uh, All the exciting launch stuff is out of the way and we don't have anything in the middle right now. So. Uh-huh. So they've they've learned. So it's a good job for Harley Quinn. You need a you need to pick me up after that. Um, Sonic beat you at the box office two weekends in a row. Uh, I would need to pick up too. <laughs> TV show Superman and Lois, the spinoff on the CW from Supergirl, uh, will apparently pick up right after the Crisis on Infinite Earths episodes, Mike, which you did watch. Mm-hmm. And they will apparently have two kids instead of one. Uh, one will be Jonathan Kent and a newly created character Jordan Kent for this show. Oh, man, I just I just don't want to be crass right now in case somebody is really connected to these characters. But I mean, the uh, the crisis crossover didn't really make me want to follow the characters any further. Actually, it probably the crisis was probably detrimental to uh, who they have playing Superman in that universe right now because we got to see um, uh, Brandon Roth come back to the the costume superman. and the role of superman and they have them standing right next to each other in a few scenes and brandon Routh is just taller bigger larger fills out the suit so much better and i'm just like oh man that really seems like lesser superman that you left me with here with a uh with a, another tv show but i mean if they did some interesting stuff with the kids you know just go weird uh, both of the kids have like powers and i don't know they're going to school causing mischief uh, yeah. fighting bad guys with the kids that's the the thing i don't want them both to have identical superman powers because what's the fun if you have superman and two mini superman right like give them Mm -hmm. something different 
maybe one of them's not really their kid. Maybe it's an adopted alien of another species who's like a villain species. I don't know, like kind yeah, of the opposite sure. of Superman. They have, opportunities, <laughs> they have opportunities here with this all the multiverses merged into one, right? So You're going to have to do something because uh, the – I would say the quality and the entertainment value over at the CW has been waning for me, unfortunately, and mm-hmm. they got to do something to spice it up. And I'm hoping that that's the Green Lantern show, you know, just really kind of not going to CW the, though. Bring it to the max, the HBO Max, but it yeah. is a it is Berlanti, so I could see there could be some crossover there. But yeah, I don't know, man. No, Diggle's uh, Green Lantern. Remember? Did you not see that? Diggle is Green Lantern. Yeah, the, the last Arrow episode, they they allude to Diggle being Green Arrow. He opens a box and the box is green light coming out of it. Nah, I'm like, I'm like, that's not whatever. really a Green Lantern. That's a green <laughs> box. Don't lie to us. So, um, if you're you're a fan of that show, you got your got your moment there. So, all right, Mike, it's time to wrap it up for the week. I gotta go do inventory on my comic books to get signed next weekend. You know me. I'm also <laughs> gonna be giving stuff out. I've got stuff I don't want anymore. I'm gonna be giving it out to people who want superhero stuff. So. If people don't know what you're up to, what you're doing, where can they find you at? All you got to do is follow me at Mike Royer Design on Twitter and Instagram, and you can read my web comics at pickledcomics.com. Chris, if people want to catch up with you, see those videos where you chatted about those uh, CW shows online, or if they want to connect with you at C2E2, where can they find you? You can find me uh, on Twitter, uh, Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N. That would probably be the best way to message me at the convention floor. To be completely honest, or you can message me on Instagram, Valdan87. That's less convenient because I have my work account tied to that one as well. Um, but either way, or you can just uh, you can message us through the Facebook thing. I'll see it on the page for sure. It's on Superhero Slate on Facebook. Um, so I'll be at C2E2 next year. Definitely have our next year, next week. Uh, having a great time. I really want people to come out and see me and we'll have some fun. Uh, if people want to know more about our shows, uh, listen to our Birds of Prey review, anything else, where can they find us at? Oh, what's so easy to do? All you got to do is, uh, I'm mincing my words here, <laughs> just go to SuperheroSlate.com. You can get our awesome show notes, so if you want to uh, check out uh, links to these uh, Marvel investor presentations, you can kind of see those logos and uh, hit it up. SuperheroSlate.com. The Batman footage. Jeff, you want yeah. to see this goofball falls off his motorcycle? Yeah, the, gotta, che- the cheetah pop we had, we had to yeah. look up while we were on the show. Yeah, you got you to gotta, you gotta check out the show notes. And you can find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, wherever else you like to listen to find podcasts. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. You can get merch at SuperheroSlate.com slash store. We love hearing from you. And how often does Sony make you mad that they're playing with our MCU universe? So let me know what you think is going on with Sony and if Kevin Feige is going to send his little Padawan on over there. Do you think that's a good idea? I don't know. Reach out. Let us know. We love hearing from you. Be great for us. Yeah. And uh, we love uh, love our super fans. So if you want to be a super fan of this show, all you got to do is share the show with a friend. Share the show with a buddy. And we'll be here every week, folks. Including next week with our C2E2 wrap-up. We'll see you then. See you then. Bye. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. Cakes.